0: Welcome to the Governance Refi podcast, brought to you in conjunction with the Skills and Education Group. I'm delighted you can join myself, Fiona Chalk, as I discuss with Charlotte Bonner, creating a Sustainability Savvy Board. Charlotte is the National Head of Education for Sustainable Development, ESD, at the Education and Training Foundation, where she is responsible for the strategic development and implementation of their ESD work, as well as being the Policy and Advocacy Lead for Sustainability. Prior to joining the ETF, Charlotte was a keystone of the NUS's sustainability work, most notably project managing the UNESCO ESG prize-winning Green Impact Programme from its inception. She is one of the co-founders of Students Organising for Sustainability International and led on their partnership with the United Nations Environment Programme. She's previously held senior teaching associate positions at the University of Bristol and was a sustainability consultant prior to her tenure at NUS. So welcome, Charlotte. Thanks, Fiona. It's lovely to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So I'm delighted to be able to talk with you on the topic of board oversight of sustainability and in particular ESD. On the one hand, good governance should intrinsically include sustainability and effective climate governance. Climate change is simply another issue that drives risk and opportunity, which boards inherently have a duty to address with the same rigour as any other board topic. On the other hand sustainability and climate change are new and complex issues for many boards and entail grappling with the scientific macroeconomic and policy uncertainties across broad timescales and beyond board members terms of office so to get us started charlotte i think it'd be really useful for our audience if you could begin by giving clear definitions of sustainable development And ESD. So we're clear what we're talking about here. I think it's a really good question because the
1: phrase sustainability in itself is very complex and very vague. And I think you can talk to people about sustainability. you would mentioned it to five different people and they'd have five different definitions. So for me, sustainable development is all about the interrelationship between environmental health, a just prosperous society and Economically viable structures that enable that kind of environmental health and that just society. And I find the framework, the UN's sustainable development goals, particularly helpful for understanding the building blocks and the puzzle pieces that make up that sustainable development environment. So some of them are very much planetary goals relating to life below water or life on land Climate action, you've already mentioned. Some of them are very much based around people, social health. So things like eradicating poverty, access to good health care, eradicating inequalities, so on and so forth. And then finally, those kind of economic goals that relate to decent jobs, responsible consumption, patterns, healthy, vibrant cities, good infrastructure that enables that planetary health and that societal health too. And those goals, there 17 of them in total. The 17th is about partnerships. So it's not really a goal in its own right, but it's recognising that no one country or organisation can achieve these goals. They can only be achieved through collaboration and therefore partnership, working collaboratively with others to achieve those goals is absolutely critical. So sustainable development is broader, is complex the the goals themselves are interrelated interconnected some of the solutions are you know able to to help achieve multiple goals some of the problems help have achieved some of the challenges that that led to the goals creation in the first place but it really is about that balance between people planet and prosperity i think whereas esd Education for sustainable development is really recognising the role of education as an enabler to meet those sustainable development goals. And although quality education is a, is a goal in its own right, access to quality education, all of the goals have sub indicators and targets where education is mentioned. So it really is one of those key mechanisms for enabling and ensuring those goals can be met. And I think when people first start thinking about sustainability in education, often they think about the bins and the light bulbs within our schools, within our colleges, within our universities, our, our other education providers. But actually, the main impact that those education providers can have is through the education they provide. How are they equipping their learners with what they need to be able to contribute to those goals in their lives and in their jobs? So it's all about learner attributes their knowledge skills and behaviors and how you foster those within your within your college within your education setting
0: oh that's really helpful and thank you for giving us clarity um particularly on the difference of of those two nuances Um, so we can see then that you know obviously the success of these goals are um, crucial for the success of our learners Um, so why in your view should governors be taking an interest in ESD. Why is ESD so critical to the FE and skills sector in which we operate?
1: I think you made a really good point in your introduction Fiona that sustainable development is a topic that is absolutely aligned with the kind of work that governors should be doing in terms of understanding opportunities, understanding risks, understanding how to really maximise the potential of the organisation that they govern. But there's been loads of drivers that have led to more governors across the sector really um, looking at ESD and their organisational approach to sustainable development. And some of that has come from a wider, broader, more general acceptance of the climate emergency and other sustainability challenges we face. They've become more prolific in in media, in the general public's understanding. And I think as a result, um, it's become a topic of conversation for governors too, but actually the broader landscape for the further education and training sector is also responding to those sustainability challenges and that's kind of helping drive interest too. So business demand, the employers that our learners will go on to work for is strong for developing sustainability skills and actually for creating a more um mandated compliance-based approach to sustainability. There's there's increasingly policy briefings coming from big business organisations like the CBI, like the Alders of Gate Group, saying sustainability skills are important to us. The education sector needs to be developing those skills. The sustainability agenda is important to us. We want, we want to be held to, to account for our sustainability work. So there's that business demand piece. Learner demand for sustainability is really strong. Um, longitudinal data shows that young people particularly expect their places of education to be responding to sustainability they expect to be learning about sustainability challenges in their work and adult learners as well recognize the potential of of the sustainability agenda for helping them achieve their economic goals um the, there's a huge opportunity to help with transition from um perhaps sectors that will become obsolete in future to becoming part of the sustainability futures that the that, that, you know, I'd like to see that the goals have committed us to. So that learner demand and interest is definitely there. Um, And then increasingly, there's a policy agenda too. the Department for Education set up a climate change and sustainability unit last year, they published their first strategy in, in April. And that also says, you know, this is something that that is important to our education system. And there's a role there for governors and leaders too.
0: Yeah, thanks, Charlotte. Um, and there's a couple of things I want sort of to pick up there and explore a little bit further. You said, you know, demand for student is high. And I think I, I looked at a study that said 83% of FE learners feel their institutions should be doing more around sustainable development. So how important is it, do you think, for governors to engage directly with their stakeholders, their students, their staff and employers on the topic of sustainability? Well, I think it's pretty critical, isn't it? Because it
1: gives you a real understanding of what the landscape looks like for your learners in your place. Because the sustainability agenda looks really different in London than it does in uh, Manchester, than it does in an, uh, a more rural setting like Scarborough, for example. So I think that collaboration piece is really important. And having regular exchanges and dialogues with the communities you serve, whether that's your learners, whether that's your staff, whether that's the friends and families of your learners, but also with policymakers, funders, your local authority, to really encourage that kind of sharing of methodologies, to understand that you're taking an informed, science-based approach to the risks, and um, you understand the regulatory requirements that are current and coming. So I think there's some really great examples of FE providers really working in partnership with those local stakeholders And I think doing so just enhances the quality of your work.
0: Yeah, as you say, you know, this is a big piece of work, isn't it, that boards have to do, you know, incorporating sustainability and, and climate change into their board discussions and their decisions. You know, boards need to be asking the right questions, having the right conversations with management and amongst themselves to provide this sort of sound, forward-looking guidance and oversight that such a, a complex and critical topic demands. You know, you say there's some good practice out there. Do you, do you have a sense of how boards in the FE and skills sector doing in this regard? Is it being discussed enough at board level or do you think they need to be doing more? I think as with most things there's a spectrum and there's some
1: boards that have for a very long time had this high on their agenda have been thinking strategically about how they can drive an approach a whole organisation approach to sustainability and ESD in their work and working with their executive and Uh, other staff members other stakeholders to deliver that strategy and there's other boards for whom this isn't on the agenda at all yet Um, and there's a whole host of mixed practice in between but I very much feel that it's increasingly on the agenda that governors are coming forward who are really passionate and committed to supporting this work and they're being very generous with their time and they're learning today to encourage others to, to to really prioritise this too. So I feel that there's a bit of a tide of change at the moment. More, More boards are definitely taking this on board and as a result more colleges and other FE providers.
0: Yeah, that's really good to hear. In a recent study across multiple sectors showed that about only 30% of board members thought that those on their board had a good understanding of sustainability and its place in strategy. Is it necessary for someone to have subject expertise on the board, someone who's responsible for climate change at board level? And do you think boards should be taking steps to ensure that all its members are sufficiently educated about ESD and relevant climate change risks and opportunities for the for the college or its business.
1: I mean, I think it's really valuable for boards to know what their skill set is collectively. You know, what, who knows what? Who's got what skill sets, And what does that picture collectively look like? So if you've got somebody who's passionate, but perhaps doesn't yet have a really solid knowledge or skill set around sustainability, great, train them up. If you've got people that are already experienced, fantastic, use that experience. And if you haven't, think about okay, well, how are we going to bring that expertise into our board? Do we need some guest speakers? Do we need to send people on some training courses? Do we need to bring in some external support to get us started? And I think that's just part of, again, good practice for a board, isn't it? Really understanding that that um, that structure and regularly reviewing that to make sure it's meeting the needs of the organisation and its objectives.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's part of sort of the regular skills audit that boards yeah. tend to tend to undertake. And it's making sure that people's um, knowledge and experience is relevant and up to date for the challenges we're facing today, be that sustainability <laughs> or cyber or whatever that is.
1: Absolutely. And I think there's part of it is around kind of making sure that people understand the core concepts, like what is the sustainability agenda and how is it relevant to our organisation? And then I think the second step is understanding, well, what's the board's contribution? What's the organization's commun- contribution that the board can um drive and then finally how do we make sure that that's what we're doing you know are we collaborating with the right people are we holding ourselves to account are we reporting in the right way so on and so forth So i think again you can look at your board structure you can undertake that skills audit and just think well how do we make sure we've got those different steps covered and that could be through existing internal skills that could be through developing internal skills on the board or it could be like i say external support to
0: so if we're thinking about developing um, the skills of the board, could you give our audience some guidance as to what is out there um, around support for governors in this area? It's growing, I think, um, in terms of the
1: support that's available. Um At the Education and Training Foundation, we're really committed to helping support everybody that works in the further education and training sector to be able to really realise the maximum of the potential of ESD for our learners um, and as a result for our providers too. So we've developed um, some resources for, for governors. There's a... ESD module and our governance development programme, for example, Um, and that's growing. We're going to be developing further resources later this year. There's also some really useful tools that have been developed by the Association of Colleges. They've got a a roadmap um, that really shows what a whole organisation approach to climate action specifically looks like. And that looks at leadership and governance teaching and learning, um, operational practice, partnerships, data, and it just provides that kind of outline of what does this look like in those different areas? What does it look like for a college that's new to their climate action work? What does it look like to a college that's leading within the sector on their climate action work? So that's a really valuable resource too. Um, but we're also really welcome if there's if there's particular tools and support that governors need, we'd, we're very sector responsive. So we'd love to have that dialogue with people if there's if there's gaps in the support that's available, if they're struggling, so that we can work with our partners to try and fill those gaps too.
0: So we know that, you know, boards um, should be significantly involved in sort of the whole strategic planning and oversight agenda, you know, for the achievement of an organisation's strategic objectives. So that, I'm guessing, involves probably ESD objectives, targets, KPIs? Should they be part of the organisation's strategic priorities, whether that's around financial planning and other decision-making processes? Are they covered off in sort of the FE Climate Roadmap, or is there something more around what we should be reporting on, or what our targets should be within colleges or organisations?
1: The roadmap doesn't dictate what targets should be. Um, If If people need guidance on that, then I think you look again back at the science and look at the commitments we've made at a national level. So what does this look like? Well, the very, very least that people should be committing to is, for example, a net zero um, carbon emissions by 2050. So that means that you've reduced your carbon emissions to as low as they possibly can go. And then you're offsetting um, what remains in some way um, that's carbon positive, whether that's through your approach to biodiversity, whether that's your through offsetting through an accredited scheme, so on and so forth. Many would say that 2050 is is too late, we need to be working to a more ambitious timescale. And that will depend on the risk appetite, I suppose, and the ambition of your board. And again, looking at those sustainable development goals, thinking about, well, what can we actually do to achieve these and how can we hold ourselves to account for those? And there's many reporting metrics that have been developed by different organisations at different uh, different levels of granularity, I suppose, looking at what do those goals look like at an organisational level through to a national level. So I don't think anybody and definitely not the roadmap dictates what a board's targets should be, but it very much paints that picture of these are the kind of responsibilities an organisation has. And these are the kind of ways you can demonstrate that responsibility and, and develop an impact, You know, create a positive impact for sustainability through your work. The Department for Education Strategy mentions reporting. There's currently being established a standardised reporting methodology for the FE and HE sector. So further education and higher education providers that's come as a result of the um, Queen's Platinum Jubilee competition. So that should be open for consultation later this year, I believe. But again, that's looking at your carbon reporting and a standardised methodology would be really valuable. It'd be valuable for, for organisations to be able to benchmark their performance. It'd be useful for the Department of Education to better understand the impacts of the sector. It would be better from an accountability perspective because there'd be that transparency and that comparability between the data that people have. But for other elements of ESD, I think it's really thinking about, well, what metrics do you want? Do you want to do curriculum mapping to understand where sustainability is in your Curriculum? Do you want to do stakeholder mapping to understand where sustainability is built into your partnerships? Do you want to use more operational data looking at your own energy efficiency, your waste, water, um, you know, do that footprinting that create that baseline? and then use those metrics over time to monitor change. And I think at the moment, there isn't one comprehensive tool. I think boards need to really think about, well, what are their priorities? What are their targets? And then what metrics do they need to use to be able to understand the impacts that they're having? But I think there will become more standardisation in future and perhaps more regulation in these areas too.
0: Yeah, that, so it kind of becomes ingrained, I guess, as part of sort of the corporate reporting um won't it so that'll be you know once we have perhaps more standardized um methods of of monitoring um we can actually then do sort of better reporting against them um, across the sector
1: and you can look at some really fabulous examples because at the moment there's there's optional reporting for colleges through the secr the streamlined energy and carbon reporting requirements but again they're optional but if you look at some of the esg reports sustainability reports annual reports for some large organizations not necessarily bespoke sustainability reports but they've started to build this into their annual reporting you can start to see some interesting shifts in terms of the the approach that people are taking to sustainability whether that's large charities whether that's other public sector bodies whether that's other education institutes there's a lot to take inspiration from there's some really fabulous reporting going on that is really open and honest about what's working well but what the challenges are too.
0: So you've worked with, uh, obviously, a lot of institutions in, in the FE and skills sector. And as you said earlier, you know, you've seen some excellent practice. What would you say sort of good looks like in governance in the area of oversight of ESD strategy? I think it looks like really understanding the
1: role that your organisation has to play in contributing to the sustainability agenda. And I think it, looks like having a really strong understanding of how that aligns with your strategic priorities I think really excellent practice looks like sustainability not being kind of an additional new extra topic that you're thinking about and working on but actually it is woven into the overall business as usual approach of your strategy development of your risk oversight of your opportunities management of your financial planning. if it's built into the the weave and weft of what you do so it is just part of the culture it's part of the approach it's not something that's going to disappear if a new priority comes along because it's
0: recognized that this is actually it's here for
1: the long game
0: So what would be one key message that you would like to leave our listeners with today that can elevate the governance of ESD within their organisation? That's a great question.
1: So I think I would start with sustainability and education isn't just about the bins and the light bulbs. This is about creating the most opportunities for your learners and the most opportunities for your local area to enable them to really thrive and prosper and building sustainability into the business as usual work that you as a board do and your organization does is the best way to achieve long-term positive impacts for your learners and your community so that's that's what you should be aiming for it may not be where you start everyone has to take small steps to get comfortable with the agenda and understand where their where their role is, but that should be the end goal. It is a journey, and the, you know the sustainability challenges that we face now and the solutions we're currently working to are really different, I would imagine. I haven't got my crystal ball out, but from the sustainability challenges we'll face in ten years' time, in twenty years' time. So it is about that lifelong approach, and that's for learners developing that kind of real commitment to lifelong learning. But also with boards, it's about really understanding that you can't just get sustainability done, it's something that will be a lens through which you look at your work for forevermore, so that you're ensuring that you're getting the, the most out of the opportunities for your learners and for your community and that you're preparing for perhaps the adverse futures that, that they may have too.
0: Well, unfortunately, we're out of time. But thank you so much, Charlotte, for joining us um, on the Governance for podcast and sharing your insights into governance of ESD within the further education and skills sector.
1: You're very welcome. Thanks for having me, Fiona.
0: Thank you for joining us on the Governance for podcast. If you'd like to hear more from Charlotte on this topic, she's presenting at a network event for governors and governance professionals entitled Addressing Sustainability in the Boardroom. The event is taking place virtually on the 6th of October from 3 to 5pm and details can be found on the events page of the Skills and Education Group's website. That's skillsandeducationgroup.co.uk Further information and resources on this topic and other governance matters can be found on the Governance for website where other episodes of this podcast series are also available.